Hello, and welcome back to Dr. Quackers. So today we're going to be reviewing Rick and Morty Season 1. This is one of my favorite adult cartoons, and it's a lot of other people's favorite cartoon, and there is good reason for it. This show is a spoof slash satire on the family sitcom and science fiction. Uh, the show originated from a parody on Doc and Marty from Back to the Future, and then it slowly morphed into this. The fusion goes really well together. They use sci-fi tropes to break down the dynamics of the nuclear family. In fact, they really get into how most people start families in the last 30 years, like the shotgun winning after the oops baby. Um, but luckily, they know how to balance the philosophy of science fiction and the structure of a family. My favorite parts being the existential ideas of interdimensional travel and multiverse theory. So the way that the writers and the show ends up introducing the audience to this is through Morty. Uh, Morty being Rick's grandson is forced to go on adventures with Rick whether he wants to or not. In fact my favorite plot of all time from any show is Rick and Morty's. The world building is fantastic in the show. So the way the show even opens up you see it very much sets up the dynamic between Rick and Morty. Rick is very chaotic he kind of just Bumbles and fumbles through whatever he's doing, and he always just seems to end up on top. While M M uh, Morty really struggles with life in general, so he's very uh, anxious. He has a lot of anxiety. He can't really handle stressors. And he freaks out very easily, and you can see that he's very much a nervous Nancy. And they even go into that with the family structure, the way that Rick very much doesn't. On uh, the next scene, uh, Rick very much doesn't respect. Uh, Jerry, who is his daughter's husband. Uh, Beth is very much a trying to find a way to connect with her father. So she kind of just takes whatever Rick does and says to them. Um, Summer's kind of just the stereotypical like older sister in this current point in the show, and that's kind of disappointing. But yeah, it very much sets up the dynamic of all the characters really early. Um, and I also love how much it sets up the other side of the show, which is the crazy wacky outside world beyond the uh, the nuclear family which is all the adventures that Rick and Morty end up going on uh, so they have a, they go to a lot of weird outlandish worlds with strange and interesting creatures and aliens um, the color palettes are really cool in a lot of the pla places they go to in this in the season there's a lot of yellows greens and reds and they use a good amount of blues so it's not like the normal like green that you see on earth because it's not a lot of grass on other places so I like that. I like how they don't just use the color palette of Earth when they go to a lot of other places. And it's really cool. And I also love how they, the way they make it so the audience is more palatable to the type of show it is. And, the, and I, I, this is the one thing I think that really does it for most people. So there's a scene where Rick and Morty are running from like the TSA in interdimensional travel. And so... Morty uh, put some seeds up his ass because they need to smuggle it and his portal gun was out of juice, Rick's. So they had to go through the TSA to see if they can get him through back home. Um, so that's the kind of show that this is, if you didn't already know. But uh, there's a scene where an alien smoking like a hookah and like they run past him and he accidentally like blows the smoke into Morty's face and then when he sneezes you see this little booger guy grow and he, like, from like baby to like old man and he dies. 
and Morty starts to freak out about it, and uh, Rick just grabs him and says, don't think about it, and just continues. And I think that one, it's this very small little thing that most people probably don't think about, but I think that's one of the key moments in the show where that's how they get across to the audience, that this is going to be a regular reoccurring thing. There's going to be a lot of weird things you don't understand that aren't going to make any sense, but best way to get through it is just don't think about it. And <laughs> I just really like that. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of the show, and I'm really glad that I was able to catch that. Um, I don't know everybody that's watching the show really understands that point. So it, I, I think it's just cool that I was able to see that, and I, I definitely appreciate those kind of things in shows. Uh, the fan, my favorite arc of the show is Morty's. I love his shift in character uh, by the end of the show. Now, it's not a huge, drastic change, but Morty, for, until like episodes one through four, is very innocent, naive, and he's very much like the moral compass of the show. So that's the way uh, the dynamic is, obviously, that I talked about earlier in the first scene. Morty is very well, just wants to be good and do good, while Rick kind is extremely selfish. So they're very much the opposites in terms of the moral spectrum. But it kind of shifts and in a way that he kind of aligns more with Rick in the sense that they kind of both end up being a bit of a nihilist by the end of the season. Rick already is. He, he he's a hardcore atheist. He's a nihilist. Doesn't believe in God. He says the only thing to believe in is science. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't believe in love. He doesn't understand marriage. He's very much anti-social structure in a way, um, and that's where Morty kind of ends up. And it's three key episodes that do this. Those episodes are episode five, Me Seeks and Destroy. Six, uh, episode six, Rick Potion. Episode ten, Close Rick Counters of the Rick Kind. So I'm going to go into each episode separately. So episode five is Me Seeks and Destroy. So in that episode, I'm not going to bring up the Me Seeks part because that's separate. But Morty and Rick's, they're kind of the B-plot of the show, of this episode. Um, and I, it's for good reason why. But uh, Morty just really wants to go on that classic, like, fantasy adventure. And he basically, like bullies Rick into doing it where he's like oh well you just, you're just upset that my Avengers is probably going to be better than yours so Rick's like alright fucking bet if your mission if your adventure goes with a success and as fun as cool you get to pick our adventure every 10th uh, adventure so they go on an adventure and R Morty's adventure just keeps seems to be keep, just keeps falling apart um, whether when he's trying to climb the beanstalk to find things for the adventure, uh, the villagers. So then when he's in there, the giant sees him, falls and hits his head off the table, cracks his head open. Uh, the giant started charging for murder, and then he's saved at the last minute. And then as they're leaving the courthouse, it's giant steps, and they're obviously tiny compared to giants. So they have to climb all the way down, and then they find a tavern. But Morty is getting very pissed off with how Rick is just heckling the whole adventure. And so they get in there and he's like, you know what? Fuck you, Rick. This is going to be fun. You just shut the fuck up and we're going to continue on. So Rick, uh, Rick, then you see Rick having a good time. He's gambling and singing. He's drinking. He's having a, uh, a real fun time. He's winning a bunch of schmeckles. Um, but it pans to Morty. And when he goes into the bathroom, he's talking to this like jelly bean, jelly bean dude. And he's just trying to like express his problems to him. And the jelly bean guy 
then tries to rape him. Uh, Morty thought it was just like he was a good Samaritan, but then out of nowhere, he just he tries to assault him. Uh, Morty then beats the shit out of him after he basically has enough of him assaulting him. Um, I wouldn't say, compared to a lot of shows I've seen, what you actually see isn't that offensive or that weird. Uh, they never actually go into like full assault. It's just him trying to. He's trying to coax him into letting it happen. But uh, yeah, that's where Morty first really gets that dose of like, I guess uh, the universe isn't what I thought it was. He gets that huge shock of uh, realization that the universe is a crazy and chaotic place. And you can't really go with the flow with most things. You have to just find a way to get through it. But Rick ends up having a good time with the adventure and tries to, he tells Morty, like, hey, you know what? You're right. This was a great time. He wins a bunch of schmeckles. And Morty just tries to leave the adventure. He's tr extremely traumatized by the event. And Rick notices the jelly bean guy coming out of the bathroom all beaten up. And he kind of realizes what's going on or what happened or what could have happened. So he's like, you know what, Morty? Let's just finish the adventure. He gives... Uh, gives a guy 25 schmeckles to take him down the rest of the stairs and they complete the adventure they they give the villagers the rest of the schmeckles that uh, Rick won and then uh, Rick ends up blowing up the jelly bean guy after they leave and he just shoots him through a portal but yeah I that's where his first it's where he first gets chipped away at in terms of his like everyone's a good person uh, the next episode being Episode 6, Rick Potion. So this episode is what really separates it from a lot of other science fiction and cartoon adult shows. So in this episode, Morty, there's like a flu, a flu dance. And Morty's really trying to get with Jessica, who's this hot redhead in this high school that he keeps trying to get with. He's had a crush on her for a long time. So he asks Rick to make him a some sort of like aroma, like potion so that Jessica would be into him. Uh, but the potion only works if no one has the flu. And Jessica has the flu. So it turns everyone into these uh, gross mantis monsters that keep are trying to basically rape Morty. But it keeps, uh, because it, she had the flu, it, she's spreading it to everyone else. So that everyone's turning to these like mantis monsters and they're all trying to mate with Morty and eat him. Um, and then when Rick tries to fix it, he then splices a bunch of other DNAs to try and counteract the mantis thing that he put in them. He, uh, he then turns them into Cronenbergs. This, these nasty, grotesque... To give you a visual, they kind of look like just, like, heaps of flesh that are just extremely disordered. Uh, yeah, they're just, they're not, they don't have a real shape. Um, if you're a horror fan, it's... You pretty much know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, they just, there's these grotesque things and they're, no, they're not human anymore. But the only people that weren't affected were Rick's and Morty's relatives. So Summer, Jerry, and Beth were unaffected. Uh, but because he wasn't, so he then turns them into Cronenbergs and then he tries to change. But after seeing Cronen, the Cronenbergs get, uh, he can't fix them. Because he failed. Uh, so Morty starts to freak out. And Rick explains to him. He's like, no, 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 don't worry about it, Morty. I, I can fix this. I can fix this. 
So he it cuts to Rick and Morty, and there's like a newspaper that says like the Cronenberg virus was cured, and Rick and Morty are like, oh yeah, like look look how great we did, Rick. And he's like, you know what, you were right, you were always right the whole the whole time. And then they start to fix what Rick was working on at the beginning of the episode, and it explodes and kills them. And then a second later, a portal opens, and it's our titular Rick and Morty walking out of the portal. And Morty starts freaking out again because he obviously sees himself like exploded. <laughs> on the ground and Rick's was like no 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 don't worry about it don't worry about it and he explains to Morty that there are infinite timelines and realities and he just happened to find one where he fixed the Cronenbergs and also died around uh, around the close time <laughs> so he then explains to Morty that his universe doesn't matter where he came from doesn't matter your mother, your father, your sister, it doesn't matter. Because there's infinite timelines and possibilities. Your existence by itself does not matter. And that really, you see the, the biggest shift is then. Because that's also, uh, Rick also has him bury his body while Rick buries his own. Now Rick, having done this probably a few times, never really says, but it kind of hints at it that he's done it before. He then, you know, is totally fine with it, doesn't affect him at all. In fact, he goes on through the rest of the episode addressing the, the their family, but it's a, a different family, um, the same way he would the previous one. And you see Morty, realization hitting him, like, what if I'm not even the first Morty he's had? Um, and then, yeah, they just, Morty tries to grapple with the fact that he abandoned his real parents and his real sister in a world where... They're just fighting Cron Cronenberg monsters, essentially. Um, and then, yeah. And the, uh, the, final, the final episode where he gets that full change is episode 10, Closer Encounters of the Rick Kind. And in that episode, there is a Rick and Morty that's going on to all different dimensions and different versions of them and killing them. Uh, so, obviously, everyone thinks that it's our titular Ricks because he's the Rickest Rick. He's the biggest asshole of all the other Ricks, and he's the most like himself. He's the Rick. And that's explained through the audience. Um, but yeah, so he escapes, and he goes to look for the real person that's been doing it. And they go to the planet, and they find a little, like, it looks like the Legion of Doom's little building. But it's covered in a bunch of different Mortys that are being tortured because their torture and their brainwaves hides Rick's genius. So Rick then explains to Morty that the real reason that Rick's keep Morty's around is that Morty's stupid covers up Rick's genius. His brainwaves are the exact counter to Rick's. So they're able to hide from everyone that's trying to hunt him. And Morty kind of realizes that he's just a meat shield to his grandfather. He, he then realizes there's no real connection between them. Their, their partnership is basically only for Rick's benefit. And that's where you see that huge shift at the end, at least how he, how he talks to people, how he interacts with the rest of the world after that. Like in episode 11, he doesn't really give a shit about anyone else. So there's 11 episodes in the season. So you don't really get to see his new person until the next season. But this is where it comes from, is the first season in these three episodes. And then at the end of the episode, they kind of, Rick kind of 
show some empathy and uh, uh, attachment to this Morty. He's like, hey, you know what? If I'm the Rickest Rick, that would mean you would have to be the Mortyest Morty as a way to being like, hey, you know what? Like, I guess I kind of like having you around. But yeah, and that's where Morty realizes that he has to look out for himself because if he dies, it doesn't really matter. Nor if Rick dies. It's more of just him trying to survive and knowing that the only person that's going to care about his existence is himself. And I think that's really interesting and really cool. And it is kind of depressing to, if you think about it. But I kind of I prefer those kind of stories where it's not always happy. Like sometimes you just got to look out for you and not everything else in the universe. It's not a hero's journey or a hero's quest. It's just a selfish old man, a, a, a narcissistic old man, basically using his grandson to survive. And that's basically the role that Morty um, accepts. And I like that. Uh, I love the humor in this show. Uh, I, I kind of like weird, goofy humor, just kind of like random. It's, it's Sometimes it's, it's used pretty shitty, but... Due to the the science the science fiction, like anything can happen with the infinite possibilities, infinite timelines, the crazy wacky little quirks and jokes they make fit the tone and the aesthetic of it. So it just it works really well, and I really enjoy it. I like the interdimensional television. I love that episode just because you get to see all the like other timelines television shows, like Ball Fondlers. It's basically a different universe's version of the A Team. Um, yeah. I just I just like that whole episode, and those little the animation is intentionally poor. It fits the aesthetic and the color palette. It's so it, it's not terrible animation. Don't get me wrong. I like it. It's just most people probably look at it and go like, "What's this crummy animated show?" But it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to have that aesthetic of not giving a fuck because that's kind of what the characters envelop. So it re- I like it. I do like it. Don't get me wrong. Um, I love its choice of music. Uh, my favorite being Evil Morty's theme at the end of episode 10. Uh, I should probably say that. Um, at the end of the episode, come to find out that it wasn't a Rick kidnapping and murdering um, all these Mortys and Ricks. It was, in fact, a Morty controlling a Rick. And I really like that uh, the, the foreshadowing that he is most likely the big villain of the whole show. And I kind of like the foreshadowing that it's possibly Rick's original Morty. And I, I don't know, I just think that was really cool foreshadowing, and I love the choice of music, just, it's very ominous, and I like it. Um, but no, they they don't use it too often, which is good. But sometimes in the episode, when they want just the emotional part, they'll just have the animation with not a whole lot of dialogue, or almost none, and just having the music fit the emotion and I like that I, th- I think that use works really well it's nothing groundbreaking in terms of how to use music and television and movies but I like it I, I like the I like their choice and it, it does feel unique to them uh, the only character I feel gets undeveloped is Summer she has one good episode and it's episode 9 um, it's a, ri- a Rick's, Ricky, Ricky business I can't remember um, I, I just don't remember how to pronounce it correctly, I should say. Um, where Summer works for the devil. If you've ever seen, like, those, wrote a book, or, like, the monkey's paw, where it's an item that it, like, gives you things, but it has a curse. 
uh, like say like I have a beauty cream that makes me beautiful but now I'm blind like they even make that joke on the show uh, but yeah it's stuff like that so he works for the devil and Rick gets jealous of Summer's attachment to the devil and it's kind of funny that they're so eerily alike in how much Rick can piss off Satan um, but yeah I really like that plus it actually has my favorite ending of all the shows uh, I, mean, I mean of all the episodes I mean I don't, it's it's nothing like fantastic groundbreaking. I just think it's it, it was my favorite joke of the season. Uh, Summer and Rick take like super super uh, science steroids and they get fucking huge and they just kick the shit out of the devil for end up he ends up betraying Summer. But uh, they kick the shit out of him and they go around and start kicking the shit out of the dudes. They kick the shit out of a Nazi guy. They kick the shit out of a guy that's standing out of a church uh, wielding a sign saying God say God hates fags. And they also kicked the shit out of a guy that, like, was abusing his dog. I just think it's funny because they just have X gone give it to you playing over it. I just, it's just a little haha funny joke I like. Um, but yeah, she just doesn't really get a whole lot of character development. She's just kind of there for a lot of the episodes. And she's used for more of the butt of the joke than actual arc. Um, but yeah, I mean, she gets a little bit of an arc at the last episode in terms of, like, how... She treats her old friends because she's just trying to get popular because they throw a party in the last episode. But yeah, that's about that's about it. But uh, in terms of summer, uh, I do like Rick. I do perform uh, prefer Morty's arc in this season. But I like Rick. He's very much the showrunner's character. So the best way to describe the show is the audience is Morty, and the writers and the creators of the show are Rick. Um, the way the character. Uh, the character is in terms of like how they want you to feel about the universe and the character and the ideas and themes they want you to take away from each episode. I like that structure. And Rick obviously is a lot of people's favorite. Rick is my overall favorite character of the show, just because I think he has some of the best emotional beats overall throughout the whole span of the show. But, um, yeah, uh, I think it's a great show and I highly recommend it. I would give this first season, uh, an 8 out of a 10. It's it's a good show. It's really good. It's great. It's a great season. Um, I highly re- recommend it to anyone that likes adult cartoons or science fiction. It's hilarious, and it's a good time. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, I rewatched this season, and I'm probably going to rewatch the other ones to get ready for the season 5 premiere tomorrow. But yeah, I just wanted to you know maybe give all my thoughts about it before the new season came out. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know it was a bit of a long one. Um, But yeah, have a good day.